Hello, and welcome to Take Your Time, a Persona 5 Royal in real time podcast where we play Persona 5 Royal in real time. I'm just doing a normal intro this week because it's, it's a big week. There's there's some stuff we got to talk about. It's it's weird. It's really it's weird. It's a big week. I know. Hey, everyone. I'm Jonathan Dorbush, your host for this week, and joined, as always, by Tom Marks. Hello. Hello, Tom. We got we got a boss fight to talk about. Yeah, we got the last boss fight to talk about. Yeah. We finally made it. We're here. It's weird. Uh, it feels weird. And uh, finally, the uh, the we'll get into this, but the the final secret that I've been keeping from you. Yep. This whole mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. is revealed. Yep. Yeah, it's wild. Oh, man. The fact of what Morgana's favorite food actually is, of course, yeah. as we discover. Um, Not sushi? <gasps> who would have thought? It's been a, yeah. a ruse all this time. Sushi was a code word. Um, <laughs> anyway, we do have a lot to talk about for, for this week's event. Uh, the dates in particular, of course, if you are if you haven't looked at the title of the episode, it's January 31st through February 6th. We're into February, yes. And even though, as we're saying, this is the big final boss fight, we're not at the end of the game no. And we'll get we'll get into that in a little bit because uh, there are actually a couple questions about that. But before we do, well, Tom, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, w- I was going to say it, it's worth addressing at the top of the show just because this is the final boss fight. Like there, there is still a month and a half left of this game and this show. Yes, please keep listening. Please don't yeah. abandon us all of a sudden. I promise. We're going to do some yeah. fun stuff. We're going to talk about it. But yeah, there there was a question specifically asking about it, so I thought we'd dig deeper into it there at the moment. But. Before we get into that, I do want to start off, Tom, your pop quiz question. Yes. So last week I asked, I gave four treasures, two of which were from the Mementos Palace and two of which were from Maruki's Palace. And I asked, which ones are from which? And the options were, let me pull it up because I've already forgotten. Uh, yes. The Silent Horn, the Laser Pointer, the Golden Cap Badge, and the Distorted Lens. Uh, and we got some guesses. Jonathan, did you have a guess on these? So last week, right yeah, as we finished the show, I wrote it down. And I'm realizing in hindsight I wrote it down poorly because obviously the question was Maruki or Mementos. To signify what I thought the right answers were, I just wrote down the letter M. Incredible. Just M next to two of them. Incredible. I, th- <laughs> I think they were for Maruki's palace, so I'm going to go with that. But... Wow, post-podcast Jonathan had no mental facility to be able to do that properly. That's um, so amazing. <laughs> and, like, legitimately, the, I'm looking back and I'm like, how did I do that? That was so dumb. Anyway, I put a uh, laser pointer and distorted lens with an M next to them, a capital M, so I'm assuming that's Maruki. Yeah. Uh, well, your guess was the same as Amy's and Elex in the YouTube comments. Yeah. And you're all correct. Yes. I was like, even if we're wrong, we're all wrong together. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, Amy, uh, for her guest, said, uh, because I headcanon that Maruki enjoys using laser pointers during presentations, he has that laser pointer energy. Uh, and distorted lens because he has a distorted view on things, which I appreciate. Um, and Elek also said, because they seem more teacher-related, uh, so the golden cap badge and the silent horn are more mementos. He says this with confidence, but actually has no idea, is what he wrote. <laughs> yeah, that's no. I think that's all good logic, right? Because a, a lot of the treasure items in Maruki's Palace are like teaching related. Like, yeah. there's a broken projector. I think is another one of them, right? So chalk well, dust. Well, yeah, <laughs> just a small bag of dust. Yeah, <laughs> and and then all the mementos things mostly are like prison related things. So yeah. yeah. Well, 
Uh, yeah, that was, uh, I, I'm glad I got it right or wrong, but also right in this time. I'm glad that worked out. Um, we do also, of course, have some viewer comments before we get into this week's, uh, whole shebang. And I'm going to start out with a very important two part questions, two questions from Bitsphasm, uh, who wrote in on the YouTube version of the show, which you can find at youtube.com slash Dornology, uh, and wrote, is it just me or did Tom literally wear a bow tie for the first 39 episodes, but decided not to starting with episode 40? It's my third semester costume change. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I was going to guess. Yeah. Anybody, anybody who's just listens to this show will not understand, but yeah, I was wearing a bow tie and then, uh, it turned to winter and it got kind of cold and I wanted to start wearing sweaters on the show. And I was like, it's my third semester costume change. I love it. It's so good. That's such a great Easter egg. (laughs) Uh, but Bitspasm also asked, uh, with time jumps throughout the epilogue content, are you guys going to keep going in real time? Um, would be a good time to do, and they suggested, you know, confidant things and whatnot, palace rankings. Um, not sure what the boss fight plans are uh, going forward, as this isn't the end of the game. Just curious, don't want the show to end. I still think Ryuji's We Got Him is the best moment of the whole game as well. Um, but yeah, we, you know, for the, without spoiling it, this is obviously the last, like, major chapter of the game that you have just gone through. This is the last beat of it this was all new for royal uh beforehand in base p5 it kind of just brushes over january a bit in the same way that it will sort of brush over february and, and parts of march but there will be uh intermittent check-ins and yeah. we're going to still record the show week by week until the like games calendar ends um i forget the exact date but and also don't know if people want to know when the exact end date is uh but Sorry, Tom, go ahead. Well, well, what I will say really quick is uh, don't feel the need to not finish the game like we are right now. Oh, yes, yeah. So we're... (laughs) Because there's only like 30 minutes left once you've beaten this boss. Yeah, so... we're doing it weird where we're like going along, but like you can just finish the game if you want. (laughs) You really can just watch because there are no save points. So each time you check back into the game, you're essentially going to have to fast forward parts of this last like 30, 45 minute section of the game. Uh, We've talked before about how this game is not meant to be played with this way. This part of the game is really not meant to be played this way. This part of the game has real strong like Return of the King energy toward the Mm. end where it just keeps having little interstitials and you're like, is this the, no, is this the, no. And there's no save points. There's no real good bathroom break opportunity is basically what it's like. So if you want to watch it or like if you did, don't feel bad. Don't feel like it was a, a waste of time. Again, we've always said enjoy the game at the pace that you want to, but we're going to discuss those beats on the relevant weeks that they happen. Um, Because that's the insane thing that we have committed ourselves to. That was this blood pact. Yeah, that's what we we, uh, agreed. And so we're going to talk about those things throughout the few weeks. So even though this is sort of the last, like, biggest story event thing, I think, unless, again, I don't know if there's more royal surprises toward the end. It's possible. Who knows? But uh, that's not me trying to spoil it. I legitimately don't know. But we will be talking about those things in the weeks to come. And obviously, there will be weeks where there's nothing from the game. It will pass over, like, the bulk of a week, or there's just a day on any given week. So, yeah, we are going to... We're still finalizing, like, the exact plans for for week by week, a.k.a. that's what Tom and I need to do in the next week or so. But we're going to, you know, figure out uh, the confidant lines that we haven't talked about that we know, you know, are worth discussing on this show in in the context of P5R. 
um, some of the maybe the side stuff, some of the it sounded like a weird horn went off. By you. It was a race car. Okay, um, I live next to the Indy Five Hundred. Apparently, <laughs> I think doing sort of some of our maybe like definitive palace rankings and stuff like that for an episode, as as uh, Bitspasm was suggesting, like that stuff that we definitely want to take the time to do here. Um, <clears throat> we also want to try to take the time to have some more guests on and and talk about their sort of overall P Five experiences. Obviously, we had uh, Barrett on earlier in the show. Would love to have him back, and as well as others, and and just talk about sort of the general love and and why so many of us have been hooked on this game and why we committed to playing it again over the course of a year um so yeah we're, we're going to be doing stuff up until the game's in-game calendar ends so this is not the end of the show this week or anything like that um but yeah does that hit everything tom or did i miss yeah anything? i think cool. we're good well then uh, just a couple other viewer comments and then a the couple of those reviews that I had a breakdown about finding last week and then I did find them <laughs> this week. But anyway, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Siddharth said the journal entries actually show up in the earlier section of the palace as well because uh, we were talking about seeing them in the context of, of this later yeah. part. Uh, and the entries become more recent the further into the palace that you get. So in the first one that's dated February 2nd, Maruki says tomorrow is Rumi's birthday, which, you know, corresponds to the deadline being February 3rd, a.k.a. Rumi's birthday. I love that. I never yeah. picked up on that detail. That is a great little detail. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I totally missed that as well. Um, Elex said, I've been replaying it on hard and I'm glad I maxed out on... I'm on Sai's palace, and her protect definitely saved my butt a few times when Sai rolled almighty in the roulette wheel. Uh, though having also romanced her, it was a little tragic watching my girlfriend sacrifice herself to save me. <clears throat> Which I get. Those are, I mean, that's my headcanon sometimes for battles. Like, in this final battle, I had Makoto for a bit. And it was mostly because of I sort of liked the romantic, like, the, t the, the boyfriend and girlfriend fighting together alongside each other after this whole thing felt just, like, right, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, Amy also said something I'd really like to know, and again, this might be, I think, for a future topic, but did want to bring it up because it's an interesting angle. Uh, your opinions on the balance between RPG elements and fixed story and how that impacts the specific royal trio of Joker, Sumir, uh, Sumire, uh, who they call Sumi, and it's hard for me to call them by a nickname because I'm just so used to them, but, uh, and Akechi as well. I ask because when Akechi or Sumire are in the story, it feels like the only time the player isn't totally in charge of the emotions of the protagonist. Hmm. Which I think is is definitely an interesting thing that we we want to talk about the like sort of totality of the third semester for sure. Either depending on how this episode goes at the end of this episode or on a future episode in the coming weeks. So I think that's definitely an angle to talk about within that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, and before we move on, I did of course. If you listened all the way to the end last week, you'll notice I couldn't find reviews that I swore I found, and it sounded to Tom like I was just making things up. The reason was I I discovered because these are from international territories on apple Podcasts, and for some reason it doesn't serve me all of those on my personal account uh but anyway i just wanted to give a shout out again to anyone who's who's leaving reviews who's enjoyed the show who's shared it with friends who's whatever um we've really loved and appreciated the support the the growth of of sort of the take your time audience that we just did this to have an excuse to talk about persona 5 and it's great so many of you want to as well but <clears throat> uh lanier excuse me if i'm saying that wrong from germany said uh, this effing rocks was their review uh, title, and they just wrote, "Honestly, it's almost scary how good this is." Uh, highly recommended for every Persona or House fan. 
And uh, Hane FM from Great Britain said, love listening to these guys talk about one of my favorite games and hearing all about their experiences with it. Would recommend for both existing fans of the game and for any newcomers looking to start their Persona 5 journey. Thanks for the awesome podcast and for giving me the perfect excuse to replay this amazing RPG. And yeah, that's it's been a lot of fun and thank you everyone for the kind words. Like It's been really cool, I think, to see people who have played the game before replay it with us or just like listen along and remember their experiences people who never jumped in and are replaying and have played along with us or binging it you know it's it's been really cool to see that throughout the whole journey so yeah thank you to you all yeah and now it's time to discuss hooray um what did you do on your free time this week uh we i mean we will go through that but uh yeah this is like two and a half days right Yeah, this is the week of January 31st through February 6th, a.k.a. the time where I continue to go to the jazz club for most of my time. But uh, (laughs) we will jump into uh, the, you know, the Big Palace stuff at the deadline, uh, talk through the Monday of it all. Uh, Tom, did you want to talk about what happens after the Monday, date-wise, that we were discussing before the show? The montage, or... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We should talk about that, too, because we can just mention it. Cool. Uh, But, yeah, we'll start with January 31st. So we are going to start. Tom, what did you do with your free time? Uh, The next two days, or this day and the next day, are what I like to call Joker gets really into fishing. (laughs) So I wanted to figure out how to catch the best fish in the game, which is like this big secret fish that you need to do things and then it might randomly show up and then you need a special bait to catch it. And then also there's an even harder version of that fish I discovered that they added only in the third semester in Royal. Uh, I bet this isn't the boss fight you thought we were going to talk about. Nope. (laughs) And so uh, I looked it up because I wanted to get it. And in order to get it, you have to read the fishing book which is only available after you've gone fishing once. So I'd already gone fishing. That was the last thing I did in the last week. Yeah. So I went and I bought the fishing book, and I read it during the day. (laughs) (laughs) I spent my free time reading. reading. Uh, And then in the evening, I went fishing, and I caught the guardian, which is the, the guardian fish is like the, the hardest fish in the game of the base game. Oh, okay. okay. And uh, so I went fishing and I caught the guardian. Nice. So are you saying there's a new harder fish to catch? There is. Oh, it's okay. called the kingpin. Ooh. Vanessa. Um, interesting. <laughs> I, yeah, I have not gone fishing since like that one time I did back in, in like May or June, I think. Yeah. That'll be for my fair. next row playthrough. So mm-hmm. your your day and night were reading and then reading and then fishing. Fishing, gotcha. And then the next day you went fishing again. The uh, the next day I went fishing again because the so okay let me just real quickly explain this. In order <laughs> in order to catch this fish, like this is what I love about doing this show and yeah. also just like Persona Five in general is like there's so much more to it in yeah. like hidden in all these corners that you can never see. So, in order to make the kingpin or the guardian spawn, you need to catch six fish in a row, and then it'll potentially spawn on the seventh, like, cast out. Um, But, in order to be able to fish seven times, your proficiency needs to be five. Or, if you go at night, it's more likely that they'll spawn, and if you go during rainy or snowy or inclement weather, then... 
they'll all one of them will always spawn on the very first cast out and then they won't spawn after that and then the kingpin only spawns in the third semester and then you probably want the best rod because otherwise it's really hard for it to or it'll probably break yeah and then you can use the like phantom eye that you get from reading the book to see which fish is the thing and oh then also if the kingpin or the guardian is there the other fish will go after the special bait that only catches that fish so you have to sort of lure and wait for that fish the oh right fish God. to get away from it so that another fish doesn't steal the like expensive bait it is shockingly elaborate yeah what <laughs> for for Persona, that's so, so... I mean, that feels like when people tell me there's, like, a management sim in Yakuza, and I'm like, how is there time for that in that game? Like, obviously, right. this is a much smaller scale, but wow. Yeah. Okay. And then the fishing minigame is also just kind of amusing, too. Like, it is not complex, but it's fun. Sure. And yeah. so, yeah, uh, the first day I read and then fished and caught the Guardian, the second day... I went back during the day to try to... Because I figured the more I go, the more likely it is that it might show up. Yeah. Um... So I caught the Guardian again in the day. Okay. And then in the evening, I went back and it was snowing. So then you can tell because the fisher person is like, it's snowing. There will be rarer fish and you might even catch him. And it literally (laughs) says like dot, dot, dot him. Oh my God. And that's how you know the kingpin is in the water. And then Uh, I did catch the kingpin. Nice. It was very hard. Congrats. What, um, what does it get you anything or is it just like a. Do you guys get your points? Cool. Yeah. Well, congrats. I'm glad you were able to accomplish that before your big day. Yeah. Um, thank you. But yeah, that is, well, yeah, that's more exciting, honestly. Like, you, you had a more tense and sort of, like, purpose for those two days. I, f- yeah, I had a drive there. The the first day, I went on a date with Makoto again, because I was like, hey, we might all die at the end of this week, and our reality might be lost. Let me let me just have at least, like, one more date. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I went to the jazz club, not with Makoto, though, with Sumire, because I was like, she, she's going to be in my party, because I want to be able to see the showtime. I won't tell you if I did or not, but uh, I didn't. Aww. I still haven't seen it. Um, I meant <laughs> to can... watch it beforehand. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I went to the jazz club with her to, to get some points up. Uh, and then February 1st, excuse me, uh, in the evening, I went to the jazz club with Akechi, Um and because it was sort of a, a nice day bookended by Akechi because he comes to us on the train. And uh, <clears throat> the start of the big revelation of this week, we ask him what he'll do after our deal and he doesn't answer. He's yeah. like, don't worry about me. Don't. It's not none of your concern. Heartbreaking. Um, I cannot tell you the way that all hit me, but we'll get there. Uh, and then I went to <laughs> Mementos because you told me I should to see what happens when you get enough stamps. So yeah. Let's talk about that. Uh, we are, obviously, if you didn't do that before this point, we are going to spoil what happens during that sequence. Uh, but if you didn't like, watch a YouTube video, I, I guess at this point. Yeah. I honestly do have a question, though, about it that pertains to the ending. Okay. Because, anyway, is it... We'll, we'll get there after the end. So, anyway, you can collect enough stamps. I went back into Mementos being like, all right, let's see how many hours I'm going to have to put in. I had enough stamps. I just yeah. didn't go to him last time because I thought it was just a permanent Jose like stall at the end. Right. So <laughs> I didn't would go be to convenient. Him. Yes, it would, but it wasn't that. It was <laughs> a battle. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, he's so for those who have or haven't seen it, basically you go up to Jose at the end of it toward the the control room at the the heart of this new chapter of Mementos, 
And he's like, yeah, drinking all these flowers, I feel like I've started to understand humans less. Uh, and so he's really confused about it. Um, he, he sort of compares it to, like, love to a certain extent at one point uh, and, and all these things. But he's like, I won't learn enough about humans this way. Um, and at some point, Akechi suggests that he gives up. Uh, but he's promised someone he's going to study humans. It's an interesting point. Yeah. The, Go ahead. I mean, man, Jose sucks. <laughs> like, I'm just going to say it. Jose is one of the weirdest things they added to Royal. Because spoilers for the next month and a half. Uh, he has no payoff or explanation <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. So, because we were talking about this a little before the show, there are obviously larger threads within the Persona-like cinematic universe, I guess, that you right. or I are not as well-versed in as others because, yes. you know, this was our first Persona game um, like this and all that. Um, so, we, like, my understanding is a cursory Wikipedia page or two, and also not wanting to spoil it, because I would like to at some point go back and play Golden and, and even 3 if if it ever becomes available in an easy way to play. And so... I, I don't want to spoil that stuff, but obviously there are larger looming threads of what the Persona world is like, and, and there yes. are forces beyond it. Um, and it seems like Jose is working for one of those forces. Yes, and that I respect, and that I understand, like, this idea that it ties into the larger Persona world of, like, oh yeah, there's other beings that are playing, meddling with humans in the mm -hmm. same way that Igor is, in the same way that the God of Control did, right? And, like there's there's theories there's fan theories online right that jose is sent by a character from persona 3 i think it is right mm -hmm. there's there's these ideas that like oh you know maybe this and that but the thing that drives me crazy about jose is he looks he's the same exact color palette as maruki's stuff Mm -hmm. He is studying human beings and he gives you a stone that has the ability to grant your desires and wishes and then you get to the end and he's in Maruki's palace and you're like, he's going to be tied to Maruki. And then it's just like, no, he's just some kid that's there that drinks flowers. And you're like, oh, oh but, oh, okay, yeah. okay sure. <laughs> it, yeah, it doesn't have the payoff you would expect it to. And it feels like it's almost, it, like you're saying, there. Like there is an obvious way for it to have tied into Maruki and it doesn't. It almost feels like set up for Persona 6. You know what I mean? Like, it yeah. almost feels like they're kind of teasing that this character is going to come back in a new, in a different game. Yeah. Well, that, that's the, and we, you know, throughout the next few weeks, we can probably talk about Royal vs. Base and, like, canon and sure. all that. But it's, it is that interesting thing of, like, from what it sounds like, again, from a cursory knowledge and any Persona fans who are more well-versed in this, please tell us. But, like, it seems as if the games have slowly moved away from being too preoccupied with those overarching concepts and are more just like hint at them throughout the games. Like P5 sure. is relatively just focused on its own story. Um, right. But they're obviously there. And I do wonder at what point they decide to do a very like universe connecting sort of thing, mm -hmm. or if they never do like, I'm, I'm curious if there are, there are plans for that or not. Um, yeah. Because that would be really cool if you get to the end of, like, Persona 6, and then there's people from 3, 4, 5, and, like, even 1 and 2 who, like, show up and, and do stuff. But And they have they have merged characters in the, the Q games, right? Yes. Like the DSs, yeah. the D yeah. 3DS, but I don't know 
I don't know how like canon those are considered necessarily. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a blind spot for me. But yeah, Jose is just like this weird sort of loose thread throughout the entire game, and then as soon as you think you're gonna pay off with him, he's just like, I can't tell you that, and then it's over. And yeah. It's like very weird. They he says that he's you know studying humans for someone else that he's promised. And I, in all caps, of course, wrote, "Who, who was it? Tell us now." And then, and he basically was like, "Uh, never mind. Don't, don't remember I said that. Forget that completely. Thank you." And none of them press him. Yeah. Even Makoto, I'm like, "You're, you're training to be, basically, like an investigator. You should, you should push him on this." Um. um but we do get <clears throat> a boss fight, which we is do. fun. Yes. Yeah. It's a. It's not like the most wild complex thing in the world and life wall obviously makes it uh, a little bit more trivial but it is it's an entertaining fight he's got cute moves he's got it's hard right like it's yeah. it's a it's a cool little encounter to have just as as the end kind of end of a mementos bonus yeah he on his quest to vent his emotions like humans do he hopes the fight will be able to do that and he does like a drift move at the start and yeah. then, then a lot of his attacks are essentially throwing out balls of different elemental powers yeah. Um, that will hit you. And then uh, he will at some point, I think, throw out an almighty one that like takes a little while to get going. But yeah, I he does the shooting stars on you. Which I just like visually really did. cool. Oh, you beat him before it? Yeah. Uh, it's visually really, really nice. It's, I'll have it's to like look up a... sh- shooting stars pelting you like. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's yeah nice. I'll, I'll have to look it up because I, I felt I got really lucky with like a turn or two because I had a uh, charge from. Uh, Futaba on all of us basically happen, and I had used like attack ups and I think one of the items to like double a magic attack, and so it just wiped him out. In yeah, that'll do it. Um, <laughs> anyway, so you fight him. Uh, he's defeated. He still doesn't understand humans whatsoever. He's like that did nothing, I, and I do think there's something funny. Like I I agree that it it sucks that the payoff wasn't there, but I also am somewhat tickled by the idea that they're like the payoff is there is no payoff after this 130 (laughs) hour mystery yeah just he just doesn't it doesn't matter um i i like jose i like his role in this game i I just think he's such a weirdly placed character and all of it is all for everything else that they managed to fit in so well and to pay off so well yeah it's weird that he doesn't also sort of similarly get that but uh He's like, yep, I understand humans less than ever, and just says there are more folks observing mankind than you realize, so just, you know, maybe maybe just think about that, I guess. Uh, and then he gives us a star water tray. Which, uh, does it have a purpose? I don't remember, Okay, to be honest. It was in the key items, and I couldn't figure out what to do with it. It might matter to, like, New Game Plus or something. That's what I was thinking. Uh, but anyway, so... That was that little fight. Again, not a huge, you know, change to the oh, story. No. Huh? It doubles the amount of flowers you pick up. Oh, well, what a useful time in the game for me to acquire that item. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm level 99 and immediately hopped out of Mementos. Yeah. Um, but cool. Yeah, so that's that's that fight. I am glad. Thank you for telling me to go see that because I, I was amused by it, even if it was like, yeah, that's it. Oh, 
Okay, it's, but I, it's definitely a fun little thing. I don't, and I don't mean to like rag on it too hard, and I don't oh, no, mean no. to rag on like like that the the idea of him being like there's other people watching humanity. Like I'm fine with that, right? Like that's cool. That's cool teasing to this universe that yeah. I'm just not totally clued into. It's just like his role in this story is very weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Compared to everything else they did with the royal editions, it is an odd sort of like there's a gap between how much he pays off and everyone else, but. Speaking of, I guess we should get to the meat of this royal. <laughs> You're right. My jazz club session with Akechi was really fun. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. So moving on to February 2nd, just very quickly, uh, as things start to heat up, I suppose, during this winter time, uh, Sumire has something on her mind that she tells us about uh, at the train station that she wants to talk about later. Uh, we get a text chain during class, um, worried that he's going to make a move. Uh, Maruki, that like something's going to happen. He's been too quiet. We just got to keep waiting for him. And it's like, what's he going to do? What's going to happen? We're sort of on his terms. Uh, but then we get that text again from Sumire wanting to talk. And we go to her room. Uh, yeah. And we, and we get her third persona awakening. Um, yeah. And and what I did like about this one, before we get to like the actual persona change, I what I liked about this was that her sort of... Um, decision here is that she wants to be able to like she understands maruki may be too far gone but she wants to show him that she could accept and live in reality and like it was partially through what he did for her and even though what he did wasn't right it did end up working for her to understand that she needs to be who she is and so that like almost like what he did was wrong but she also now knows that she can be that other person um like she can be herself and being Kasumi at the end of the day wasn't the fulfillment that she had hoped for was running away from her problems. And she's hoping to show him that running away like that at the end of the day, isn't the right solution. Um, yeah, which I enjoyed, but anyway, we have that awakening and she gets Ella. Yeah. Her new persona. Just really hammering home that you were supposed to be dating her because her persona is just in a wedding dress. Yep. Yeah. I was like, Oh, huh. Also, the showtime between them is you two swinging through a church. So, uh, I'm, you know, well, they, they hmm. just really, really want you to date Superman. Ah, <laughs> uh, canon romances. Anyway, uh, so we get that. <clears throat> we have that third transformation. Uh, and then we head back to the cafe. Uh, Sojuro is locking up early because they were so busy today. Wow, this new reality business is booming. Uh, we get another text chain that we have the root, but again, Maruki hasn't contacted us. And then, wouldn't you know it, he does. It's almost like we had to say it three times and then he appeared in the phone. Mm -hmm. Um, Maruki calls and is like, hey, I want to meet up. Comes to the cafe. Um, the the thing real quick the thing with the cafe having to close early is a really nice subtle touch that they never like directly address. This idea that he like, Maruki warped reality to make a bunch of people come to the cafe so Sojiro would sell out so he'd have to close early so that he could come and talk in the cafe. Yeah. is It's just a really nice, subtle touch. No, and it I think it helps, again, to <clears throat> separate the distinctions of, like, what Maruki is doing is is bad, but he's he's doing it in a way that he he's not trying to be, like, an outright kooky kind of villain of, like, ha-ha, I'm just going to ruin your lives. Like, he he could have just showed up somewhere and been like, hey, let's talk. And yeah. it didn't matter. But he like, could have he... made Sojiro not exist. Exactly. 
<laughs> the cafe could have been closed completely for years, and and he was hiding out. In the ca- yeah. Anyway, yeah. it's it. Uh, you're totally right. It's it's a great touch. But anyway, he comes in. Um, I really, what I really, really liked about the scene, both in the sequence with them, um, but like especially even before you go down, it's really quiet. Like this starts to set the tone of like, okay, we're getting into the showdown. Yeah. Um, so anyway, you go downstairs to talk with Maruki in the cafe. Uh, he asks about Sumire. I like, again, though, he's only calling her by her last name still at this point. Like, he's very much, you know, trying to work with the reality that he believes she, he, she wants. Um, you know, he asks us, again, about her. Um, again, if there's some way we can go about this without fighting, et cetera, et cetera. Hopefully you all chose, no, we got to do this. Like, we're going to have to fight. That's the end of the... Because I, I assume, again, the game maybe just ends and everyone goes home happy. Um... But he he continues to his point of wanting it to be a place where people don't suffer and are always happy. We we kind of try to pick at him a little bit and kind of break down that idea with like, what about what he lost? What about Rumi? What about living in a world where Rumi exists, but she's not with him? Like, can he really be happy with that? Um, even if it's a reality he created. Um, and he's like, I can't drag her into this. Like, I'm happy for her and I have to move on. Uh, but he also starts to kind of lean into the more maniacal side where he starts to say his power is like inevitable. He sees what he's able to do as inevitable and everyone will be happy in the world he creates. That is his goal and he's going to push for that. Um, and, you know, that's where it's kind of settled. And then he's like, but wait, we're not alone. And then a catchy shows up. Tom. Tom. All these the heart. The heart hurts. It makes everything make sense from the last month. And yeah. it's it's so good. I know we've always... We're going to get into it, but I know we always point out his performance, but I think like everything Robbie Damon does with Akechi in this month is so good. Yeah. He plays it off. And there's, there's some stuff I want to talk about. But anyway, Akechi comes in and Maruku starts talking about Akechi and Joker and how our relationship is so strange because we're not quite the normal enemies. We're like not... It's not a relationship that's based in hating each other exactly. Right. Um, there's more to it about it. Uh, and we then learn kind of about kind of what Maruki learned and about what happened with Akechi in Shido's palace. And we kind of get these like flashbacks between then and now. Um, and, you know, we start to piece together that in the real reality, things went like they do in base P5. Akechi died. Akechi is yeah. only alive in this reality in the same way that Wakaba uh, or Okumura was. Um, and Joker's one wish was that he wasn't dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's... Uh. So the Akechi... We'll, we'll get... Th- just to get through the scene, uh, the Akechi in the real world is dead, so, so he's only alive here, and changing things would mean he dies. Um, and all of that is not explicitly said. Exactly. Even more sort of, like, like, I think that's a really good writing choice. <laughs> yeah, because, like, no no offense to it. Obviously, it comes with a game that's 150 hours for some people. But, like, a lot of over-explanation of things can happen, especially in translation. Like, you want to make sure people are understanding a point. Things aren't getting lost. I was surprised that they never say, Akechi is dead. Like they... because, if you remember, when Morgana says, I'm not accepting this or like basically speaks it into reality. The world shatters and it goes back to normal. So they're all talking around this fact because if anybody says 
the actual truth, it will be like speaking it into existence yeah, and right. the world yeah. will God. shatter. Yeah. Ah, so like so good. Literally they have to talk around it or Akechi will just die on the spot. Yeah. And like like you said, Akechi the fact that Akechi knew he figured it out yeah. early and knew the whole time that he shouldn't be alive. Yeah. And was fighting to get out of the control of Maruki, even though he knew it meant he would not exist anymore. Yeah. Is like that character is incredible. It's so that, good. I go ahead. No, it's just it's just it's like the character was already good and this yeah. moment is like, oh my god, this character is amazing. Yeah, it's it's so phenomenal in a lot of ways. So like my my version of like what happens is that when you meet up with him at the beginning of the month, I feel like he's still figuring it out then. Like yeah. I, I don't think he knows then, and that's why he uh, kind of circles around the question. Like he tries to avoid it because he doesn't know, and Akechi doesn't want to operate from a place of not knowing. So he plays it off in like the Akechi way that he does, but then investigates it. And then I think the Wakaba and the uh, Okumura of it all, and, and things that he pieces together, you know. The Okumura of it all. The Okumura of it all. My new novel. Um, But yeah, it... God, it... (laughs) I'm trying to, like, piece all my my thoughts together on it because it's so heartbreaking, and I think it further adds this layer of, like... We talk about the fact that these past few weeks, you've let me just go on about how Akechi is in this, like, crazed state of just going for it, and he's so gleeful, and he's so energetic about it. And just the fact that he's doing all that because he knows he only has this long to live. Like he knows he only has a few more weeks of existence at most. And so he is just putting all of himself into everything he does. And granted he is a homicidal maniac during all of it. Yes. But like he's, he's living true to himself in that way. And just, it's so good. It's such a good moment. I, yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's also just like, it's, we talked, and this was the this was one of the hardest things for me to like bluff while we were doing this whole show. <laughs> yeah, was way back at the end after we beat the first boss, the first final boss. Um, Akechi sighs like you got to go to prison, and then Akechi shows up and is like, "I'll take the fall for you," which is like, I guess what Joker wished is for him to be back alive, right? Like we think Joker doesn't have a wish this entire time, and then actually his wish is that Akechi is still alive. Um, and then I commented at the time that that is such a cop-out, right? It It's such a cop-out to have Akechi just be, like, back. And it's like, oh, he didn't die, actually. We just changed what the base game did, and now he's alive, and we can just... You don't have to go to jail, and let's just move on and do new content, right? Like, that is a... If that's actually how that played out, that would be very lame, well, and, and especially so, if it was then followed up the next week with him being like, don't worry about it. And that was it. Right. Yeah. And so the fact that that all gets redeemed to a certain extent by saying, actually, that would have been a cop out. And that's not what happened. Yeah. Right. And the thing that actually happened is incredibly emotionally devastating and heavy and ties directly into these characters relationships. It's just really, really effective that this yeah. has been this secret the entire time. Oh, totally. It also doesn't then portray that moment where he does die. Because in the base game, it is sort of that, like, he is cornered. There is no way out for him at this point. Like, that is just the end of things. And yeah. 
it's hard to imagine without some kind of crazy deus ex machina that he gets out of that sequence. Because nothing else... <clears throat> nothing else in that palace changed to the point where it would allow him to get out of it. Like, there was nothing really foundationally different. So it did feel cheap at that point because it was like, okay, so you could have just decided he was fine then. Yeah. Um, and, but they didn't. <laughs> and then also how this ties into Akechi's character of him being like, I absolutely refuse. Like, I'm done. He says, I think at one point, I'm done being manipulated by other people. Yeah. I am... I I don't care if I won't exist anymore. I am taking this into my own hands and I'm not living under your thumb. Yeah. And then when Maruki leaves, I'm jumping a little ahead. No, no, Maruki, go ahead. Maruki the only thing leaves. I want to say about before Maruki leaves oh, yeah. is just the way they give him, he's like, don't you have something for me? And he's like, oh, right. All right, the calling card. And Joker, I it's just a funny thing of the animation, but he just like tosses it on the table just so nonchalantly. And I loved compared to the way that every palace has been an increasing spectacle of the way the calling guard gets sent, this is just like an afterthought. It is like, yeah. we all know this This is just perfunctory to initiate. Yeah. But yeah. And Maruki, yeah, Maruki knows it's coming. Yeah. It, it, yeah. And then Akechi basically is like, immediately to Joker, like, you're not having second thoughts, right? Like, we're doing yeah. this. And he even goes out of his way to say like, this is my wishes. Like, I want this. I have chosen this for myself. So if you back down just because you, because of a silly threat on my life, right, yeah. I will take that as a betrayal from you. Yep. Because you're not doing the thing that I want for my life. And it's like, that's so heavy. And, like, this dialogue is really, like, he's like, it's a trivial threat on my life. And you, you can be like, it's not trivial. And yeah. then he can be like, yeah. It is like stop it. I'm already dead. Like, uh, yeah, I, like I, I totally. It's great because you can justify where both of them are coming from because it is that thing of like, it's trivial to Akechi because of the way he is and his sure-headedness. He's like, I know I'm dead. Like it doesn't matter. Um, the the alternative is living in a reality I don't approve of. And so he's like, yeah, yeah that just is what's supposed to happen. And Joker's like, yeah, but you get to be back. Isn't that also something worth talking about right now? And, and yeah, that, that back and forth, again, makes it like, man, this, this was a relationship that I think is probably my favorite thing that Royal does, if anything, is the way it, it deepens the, the friendship oh, yeah. and the bond between Joker and Akechi. I think that is oh, like yeah. so far and away the best, most emotionally complex thing. Um, and it just, yeah, this was, oh, it was crushing. It was crushing to be in that moment and want to, like, I wanted to make the choices where it's like, okay, no, we can, we can stay here, I guess, for a bit. Like, that was, that was how effective it was, where it's like, I know that's not the right choice. I know that doesn't lead to the end of the game. I know that yeah. that is, like, not what Akechi wants, but selfishly, I want the two of them to be happy together. Yeah, um, it's, it's a, um... It's a really wonderful moment, and yeah. it is a really wonderful reveal, and it is speaks so much to how good these characters are and, like, how good their relationship is. It, it's yeah. just really fantastic. Yeah. I, I think had that not happened, like, the whole kind of final confrontation would have fallen a lot flatter. It gives it very significant stakes in a way that it doesn't like it does have high stakes but like now the stakes are very very personal in a way they yeah. hadn't been the entire month for joker it really elevates this whole last chapter of the game for me from like a a really fun really interesting sort of like 
what if basically of persona and and some nice payoff for all the kasumi sumire stuff but then this yeah you're totally right i think it adds that level of personal connection um that really really sells it and it's yeah so good it's so yeah (sighs) anyway it's like genuinely it is very emotional it's probably one of the the most impactful moments of of the whole game like p5 base included i think it is Yeah. yeah one of the best moments in the game um and the way that it's written the way it's performed the way everything plays out i think is so great and then he gets his third persona yeah uh here word i think yeah if i'm not mistaken here hair i don't know hair award but yeah either way he gets to hit things real hard yeah exactly which is good uh because right now i've only had single enemy curse spell for some reason right um so uh yeah so I guess we didn't talk about uh, Sumire's. Sumire's either. Sumire's yeah. is basically just like also hit real hard. It's like the physical version of you just hit somebody twice super, super hard. Uh, Akechi's is a super, super hard single hit against with Almighty, right? Um, and, and if they're downed, it causes more damage. Yeah. Yeah. And there's not like a lot of opportunities to use these beyond just these upcoming fights and that's it. So yeah. Yeah. It's a nice little addition, but yeah, it, do- it doesn't have, like, on a mechanical side, the impact that Life Wall does or, or things like that. Life Wall is so OP. <laughs> it is. Uh, anyway, we get to February 3rd. Yes. And we get a new song. Yeah, new boss fight music. We get new music, and it's so good. Yeah. Um, I was texting. Doesn't miss. I was texting Barrett a little bit uh, during it, and so this is probably something where we have more of a, a music chat. But he, he just had said, and sorry, Barrett, I'm just mentioning this, but I feel like what you said was more on point than what I could have said. But just the conversation that happens between both I Believe and Throw Your Mask Away is, is just like top tier theme writing. Um, and I like totally agree with that. I think it's just such a great, uh, man, it, like it's so of a piece with the rest of the music, but the way it, it kind of is in conversation, as he said, with everything else is so good. Um, but anyway, we get to... February 3rd, Palestine, we get the new music, we're, we're jumping in right away, uh, we, presumably you all, I don't know if anyone does go through the palace again for a last run, maybe, maybe it, people do that, but I just jumped to the last save room, um, you get back into the paradise room, you head up the tree, and meet Maruki. Yes. Uh, there's and this ca- whole, this whole thing, just a real quick, like, overview, this whole boss fight, yeah, there's twists and turns and multiple phases and all that sort of stuff, but it's pretty straightforward right like yeah mechanically kind of structurally it doesn't it's not this isn't a complaint or a criticism by any means it's just sure. like it's not the base game finale which is you fight through mementos you go to the grail you fight the grail you teleport out you get disintegrated into nothing or in the velvet room have conversations with your partners escape the velvet room fight through three tiers of angels while Mementos is destroying reality and then fight the Grail again and then God, right? Like, it's not really that. It's like, you fight Maruki and then you fight a bigger Maruki and that's kind of it. Like, again, not a complaint, not saying that that is bad or it needed to be all that. It's just a much, much more straightforward sort of conclusion than the base games was. Well, what's interesting about it is it has to come after that boss fight, yeah. which they couldn't 
like weaken. They they couldn't if they retroactively made that less of an impactful boss fight, it would make that moment less important and and yeah. less essential. But they still need to make this boss fight impactful and yet different. And I, I yeah. do think they accomplish that. I do think it, Oh, definitely. Yeah, they I, differentiate it very well. I think it's differentiated. I think it's still a fun boss fight and it, I mm-hmm. I think it's still challenging, but it it does feel both like one that comes after the big big boss fight and also one that's uh still very important on its own. And I think part of it is the new personal sort of uh stuff at play. Yeah. Um, but also I think the way the way you have a personal connection with Maruki over Shido. Like, I think that just plays into it in a different way, where it's, you know, we've had therapy with Marky for months. Shido was someone we barely spoke to, even yeah. though we knew what he was up to. I mean, like, the, the the fact that you have a sit-down conversation in a cafe very friendly with the final boss of the game right before the final fight yeah. is very interesting and unique and different, especially from the Shido relationship. So, yeah, I, I think it is positioned differently enough and they do some cool stuff with it and we can get into that now i just i just wanted to point out that it's like a little bit more low-key than all of that no totally all, all when all things are said and done no i 100 percent agree with you and but yeah i think it's still it works which is a hard mm-hmm. line to walk which is really kind of impressive but yeah we sorry i lost my place in my notes but we we get to this boss fight there's nothing really before it it's essentially like maruki what i liked about this was he just wastes no time he just yeah. kind of is like, all right, we're going to fight. That's what has to happen. We're going to do it. I couldn't change your mind. Let's go for it. He gets in his beautiful gold suit mm-hmm. with a flowy kind of top over it, a shawl of some kind. Um, got his big, like, visor helmet that goes up way high. Uh, and then he uh, summons his persona at a giant level, uh, Azathoth, who is kind of the one we've seen before. Uh, the tentacles. On, now on just this, like, mecha-sized level. Um, and we have to fight both of them at the same time with sort of a unique goal. I did like this part of the boss fight, because uh, essentially you're fighting Azathoth, who has multiple tentacles that kind of come out as like creepy hand things that are moving about. One of them is always blocking Maruki. Yeah. Um, but your goal kind of on this fight is to get, like you will have an easier time if you focus, at least I did, on taking down Azathoth first. Because... Right he can revive Mark. He can heal him. And the more tentacles you leave up at any given time, uh, he can do more moves each time, I think, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, the the tentacles, one of the tentacles will block, one of the tentacles will heal, and then one of the tentacles will cast, like, buffs, basically. Yeah. Um, This is a really neat fight. This is a similar fight to me, structure, or, or in what I like about it to the Yaldabaoth, like, uh, arms coming exactly. out, yeah. where you have to sort of manage what all attacks you're doing, what weaknesses you're triggering, in what order to... But the added benefit here that I actually like more than that a little bit is that the, ar- the, the tentacles can get downed. Yes. And their weaknesses are constantly shifting. So you have to kind of be thinking about, okay, well... Two of them are weak to electricity, but one of them repels electricity. But yeah. then also two of them are weak to ice, where one of them just nulls ice. So then yeah. what I should do is I should use ice first, and probably ice all, right? So it also hits uh, the big guy. And then 
baton pass to somebody else to use electricity to baton pass to somebody else to do this and then you can sort of keep chaining these things together in a way that's really satisfying oh, yeah. that the Yaldabaoth fight doesn't really let you do because they don't really have like weaknesses they just have resistances yeah if i remember that correctly no the the weaknesses here i think really add a a really satisfying level to it in terms of that chaining that can go on because yeah you can basically attack with everyone doing a baton pass and then another round like if you're smart about it And, and as you were saying it is that mixing and matching because often if there is a weakness out there's often others that repel it or you know absorb it or whatnot Right. But if you're not taking those down, Azathoth is also a little bit stronger, so you want to take those down to be able to focus on that. Uh, And if you're wasting too much time kind of on Maruki at first, you're just kind of wasting SP and and things like that. So, yeah, yeah, usually for me, I think the most common weaknesses and resistances that popped up were physical attacks, fire, uh, curse, and bless were like the ones I was working with a lot. Does that um, mean you were using On and Maruki or Akechi and Sumire? I was using. Uh, I actually had a, a persona with Joker who had a really great fire attack. So I was using. Gotcha. Uh, for this part of the fight, I was using Joker, uh, Haru for Life Wall, and then Akechi and Sumire. Um, I was using uh, Haru, Akechi, and Yusuke okay. most of the entire time. Nice. And then in the second fight which i'll get we'll get to i swapped haru out for makoto nice um yeah but yeah life wall is op yeah uh just fundamentally yeah <laughs> like, and it, especially during this round though because i was doing so many baton passes it was still also incrementally getting haru's sp back up so it was also yeah. easier to deal with in the in this portion but yeah i switched to makoto in the in the second half um and i kept sumire because i was like just give me the showtime just let me see the showtime <laughs> But anyway. Yeah. Uh, Haru, Haru's life wall in this section is something that I was talking about with my fiance while we were playing this that is really true that she pointed out is like life wall costs a lot of SP and it's not attacking, but it often does the most damage of any ability you will use yeah. because you'll put up four walls and then it'll use an attack and it'll reflect 1500 total damage back at itself. And yeah. you're like, oh, Okay, so that just that did more than any of my other moves could have done. Exactly. Hands down. Oh, totally. And then there were even points where it was like for me because I wasn't finding anyone with a psychic weakness at the time or I was just so focused on the other weaknesses, Haru could then be the person who did life wall and then on a baton pass did the physical attack. And so she was able to do both and and helped a lot in that capacity. But yeah, essentially yeah. you're whittling down these uh, tentacles that always get regened back up uh, to be able to attack Azathoth properly, uh, and eventually you take him down, and then it's over, right? We finish, we get the the treasure. Yeah, it's just it's just like a good old fashioned fight. It's a good it's, fight. Yeah, it's long. It's not super easy, but also not frustratingly difficult. Yeah, uh, it's got some cool phases where he starts doing things like you can't use spells or you can't yes, heal that yourself comes up in this fight, right, right. or you can't baton pass. And like, yeah. that's kind of neat. Um, yeah, it's just, it's not crazy flashy. It is just a really, it is a great example of how good 
Persona 5's battle system can be, basically. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the that reminds me, though, there was a, a round where he did no cure skills, and I was like, I'm screwed because everyone's at half half health. And then Futaba came in and healed everyone full, and I was like, Amazing. I got this. It's good. The, the most exciting moment I had is when the he started charging a super move, and mm. Futaba was like, everyone has to block this. Yeah. And I was like... Well, really, just Joker has to live because <laughs> Joker has revive all at full health ability. Yeah. So I blocked with Joker and then I just had everyone else attack and I just full on took the hit. Oh, man. And everyone endured with one life and didn't die. Oh, man. And I was like, hooray. That's amazing. <laughs> God, I should have done. That's really good. It was really funny. Um, so anyway, you defeat him at this point, you grab the treasure and everything's fine, right? Well, no, even though the palace starts crumbling, um, the, the, the palace starts crumbling here for the first time. Yeah. Um, we get a sequence where we're in the Morgana bus, uh, Makoto's at the wheel driving, going kind of like all over the, the bumpy roads that sort of exist here. Um, we're, we're trying to figure out what's going on on wonders. Like, is he even alive still? Like, did he actually die? Cause we can't, we didn't see him. Um, and then Akechi notices him in the sky, Marky mm-hmm. up there in the sky. Uh, he doesn't want to admit defeat yet. Believes he's been chosen by the world to do this. This sort of is like the, the real kind of like cognition off, off the deep end. Like we're, we're, you know, yeah, he's getting desperate. We're going to commit to what we believe in. Um, and he takes back his treasure uh, and, like, summons it back to him and kind of, like, harnesses all this power for his persona. And it turns from tentacly Azathoth to this giant sort of titan dude. Oh, yeah. named it's very Attack on Titan. Yes, yeah. Named Adam. Uh, Adam Cadmon. Adam Cadmon, who I did look up. Uh, so this guy also gets sheathed in armor as well. Uh, but his persona evolves. Uh, so Adam Cadmon, I'm not going to go too deep in because I genuinely don't want to misinterpret anything. I'm obviously reading from like Wikipedia pages and things like that. But I I think it originates from uh, the Kabbalah uh, in Judaism mm. sort of sect. And, and there are like many different... Uh, purposes and things like that but uh he is sort of like perpetual oh god what was the word that was used it's like perpetual uh potential or not perpetual like infinite potential is what he represents Ah. kind of um there's a there's a lot more to it like very deep into the complex like you know belief systems of, of that sect of judaism and everything but just to mention like it is again another thing that's deeply rooted in one part of the world's religion and i think it's an interesting parallel to what he's doing here Um, yeah they do that a lot yeah and i I, just to clarify i think the armor comes in the second phase of oh yeah i don't think he gets that yet yeah i think maruki gets armor like doesn't he remember okay i have written down armor for some reason okay but anyway (laughs) um so we we have this whole you know Still standoff in in the animation, like in the cutscene, uh, Marky is is still kind of going to do what he's going to do. Uh, he's talking to his persona about things. Uh, Crow tries to kill him, like Akechi just straight up tries to shoot him, and everyone's like, "What are you doing?" Like, um, I think someone tries to stop him, and he's like, "If we don't do this, we're gonna all die." Aka, you're gonna all die. But he's like, "We're gonna all die. We need to stop him." Uh, but then Adam like lifts. 
Maruki up into his whoa, whoa, brain. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? You're skipping an entire boss fight. No, no, this is... Am I? Oh, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't write the words boss fight. You're right. Oh my god, I'm sorry. That's that's why you, you wrote armor. The armor and the catchy shooting and the lifting all happens after you fight them. There we go. I literally didn't write the word fight, which is normally what I do to remember it. And I didn't yeah. write that, so thank you for stopping me. Yeah, we have the second fight where he is in the big, giant, titan, Adam Catmon phase. Thank you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and, and then the game fight... ends right there. It just finishes. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, yeah we have... This... This fight is basically like another just sort of straightforwardy fight where you're hitting this time you're hitting Maruki directly and then he's using his persona to hurt you and yeah. so you just have rather than attacking his persona directly you're attacking him and he's just using it to hit you. Uh and this is just again sort of just a normal fight, right? Yeah. It's a little it's a little less complex, but also he hits a lot harder. Um, and I swapped out Haru because all the attacks he do does are almighty. So yeah. you life wall doesn't do anything. You're just sort of healing up as you can and then hitting him when you can. And it's just sort of like, it, it, I don't mind this fight. It's fun. It's interesting. It's exciting thematically, but mechanically it is a lot simpler. Yeah. I had Haru life wall everyone at the start. And then when everyone lost like half their health after the first attack, I was like, oh, Okay. Yeah, that's not. Oh, it's gonna be one of these fights. Yeah. So I I swapped her out, and uh, yeah, I think it's a, uh, it's a less complex fight than the first half. But again, like you said, it's it's a good fight. It's just one of those crazy exciting. Where yeah, like the scale and spectacle of it is really great, and I think it's more so just about managing. This one is more about managing defense and offense to me, like the the balance of what you do here. Mm -hmm. Whereas the first half was about exploiting weaknesses and baton pass chaining together things i think like it it represents those two kind of goals of what persona combat can really do well and yeah yeah, it's again another good fight i is this the the big punch attack comes in here uh no that's the third that's the third one (laughs) that's the third thing yeah there's a lot of fights and i apparently did not write down the word fight so uh thank you for that reminder but anyway yeah we whittle him down again and then and then Crow tries to kill Maruki. Well, Maruki has this moment where he's like, I said I didn't care what would happen to me as yeah. long as I made the world good. And I haven't been abiding. I haven't been like practicing what I preach, basically. Yeah. And so he that's when Crow tries to kill him is because he's like escaping into his persona. And Akechi's just like, no, like, I'm not going to let the villain monologue pretty yeah. much. It's really good. Um, it, yeah. He's like, I'm sick of this dude's crap. Let me just. Yeah. And then he get absor- gets absorbed, and that's when Adam Cadmon gets the gold armor. Yes, thank you, yeah. And he- then he haymakers you and wipes out your entire team. Yeah. They they basically do a mind meld, and he's now, like, kind of in the Pacific Rim, uh, kind of, like, rifting state inside Adam Cadmon. And, yeah. yeah, he does, like, super, super impactful kind of punch into the ground that does, like, a shockwave of damage to everyone. Uh, and, again, it's another fight, but this time you're whittling him down but you can't whittle him down. Every attack is doing, like, single-digit damage. It doesn't matter if you punch his head, his left nipple, or his right nipple. Yep, yeah. I was uh, As soon as it happened, I was like, okay, so those two are probably, like, <laughs> I was very suddenly like, okay, so his, his chest is kind of going to probably be, like, a weakness. I need to find out what elemental weakness hits the left versus right. And, yeah. And then that'll make the head weaken. And then none of it mattered. And Futaba's no. just like, what's going on? And then they realize the only way to take him down is when he's getting ready to attack. 
um, the head suddenly becomes weak because all the energy is kind of in the fist. And um, we use that as an opportunity to finally take him down. Yeah. And this also, just real quick, like, I do like this compared to the the God of Control boss fight too, because the God of Control is epic on an insane scale and really fun and cool. But the weird thing about it is that it's like, or not weird, it's a little bit disconnected in that, like, he is very far away from you, right? Oh, yeah. This boss fight is slightly smaller than that, scale-wise, but I do love the physicality of it, that this Titan thing is just physically punching you, is is something that you don't get in that God of Control fight, even if the God of Control fight is more elaborate and more grandiose in other ways. Yeah, you are very minuscule on the screen in a way yeah. that it it's not because it has to take such a large shot of, like, draw distance. It's just because yeah. he is so big compared to where you are. And, yeah, it I think it does that scale similarly but different in a great way. Yeah. Um, and leads to these, you know, really great moments where you're finally taking Adam down. Yeah, the whole um, team holding the fist back is, like, yeah. really anime epic. It's so cute. I thought at first it was going to be a Morgana-only moment because he kind of, like, rushes forward at mm-hmm. it. And then, yeah, it's all of them just being like, we're not going to take this anymore. <laughs> and you have to go in for the kill. And you... Uh, I forget where it happens, but there are multiple moments throughout this kind of final sequence where Joker is in, in like, Jesus Christ poses in the way he falls down. Like, he's in such, like, I am your savior pose. <laughs> it's really great. And he... Uh, is able to finally take down Adam uh, with like one final. It, it's just like, it, does he stab him or is it a shot? No, you, he stand. He stands on his head and you hold right, the gun right, the out. Shot you get there. to press yeah. X again. Yes, to, yeah, that's what it was to shoot him in the face. Um, and you you get again a final fire. Um, and yeah, you you take him down. And again, everything's just fine. The palace is over. Nothing bad can go wrong from here, right? Yeah wrong everything is collapsing and we're, we're on the top of towers and things are going to hell and this and is actually an anime cutscene now yes yeah and then we do get this really cool cutscene where everyone's like what are we gonna do we're gonna uh like how can we we can't drive out of here and morgana is like wait a second i can i can do this now basically like sort of summons yeah. The... Mor- Sumire says Morgana can oh, yeah. fly, fly and Morgana's like no I can't wait yes I can <laughs> Yeah, there, I, that's what it was there was just like this really funny on and off of like he can't do yes he can and he turns into the cat copter yeah helicopter uh, which unfortunately is not big enough to hold everyone in a comfortable way so everyone is very cramped in the helicopter um, and I love this this scene where before he becomes the helicopter, like, when it first transforms and they don't quite show you. They just kind of hint, like, you see the the cat ears of the copter in the corner of the screen for a second. And then it cuts to the back of the copter. And then it's like, here it is. Here's where it's mm-hmm. It's really cute. It's, it's really well done. And he's flying everyone away. Everyone is really cramped kind of in the helicopter watching this devastation happen. And everyone's like, where's Joker? And he's doing his cool hanging off a rope on the bottom. Um, you know, flying through the sky, letting everything uh, happen. And then we spot Maruki, correct? 
Yes. Yeah. Marky grabs the helicopter with one of his tentacles. That's what it is. The tentacle, yeah, pulls him in. He's still not done. He's still kind of holding them in. And Joker is like, I need to go settle this. And fa- this is where I think he does the Jesus T pose and like <laughs> falls through the sky and lands down by Maruki. And what I love about this is that like Maruki is done. Like he knows it's over. Yeah. Um, and is it's really sad and kind of pathetic in a way. And he sort of is like, I need you to help basically kill all of this internal stuff in me right now. Um, and he, he sort of fight. Exactly. So we fight and it's a really pathetic, sad, it's kind of like the two Pikachus in the Pokemon movie, kind of like sadly hitting each other (laughs) really, really like languishly like they don't want to be doing it and it's just like he says a thing and then you give him a punch and then he punches you back he kept doing more damage which really worried me throughout that whole scene i was like am i gonna die (laughs) it's all been a test to how much you've gone to the gym exactly i was like oh tom is gonna win and i'm not because my strength is not good um yeah um this isn't really Heart, another really heartbreaking moment of Maruki just like desperately fighting you at the end. Um, the he even says right, his costume goes away and your mask goes away, and yes. he's like, "My reality is dissolving, which means the metaverse is also dissolving as a whole now." Yeah, uh, like it was supposed to, and yeah, you just really sadly punch each other, and then he falls on the ground and is like, "I'm done." This is and the end, and it shatters beneath him. Yeah, well, there's also this moment. Barrett tweeted this moment that I hadn't noticed the parallels of. So oh, yeah. I wanted to yeah. call out that there's a shot of Maruki on his back with his arm up, and it exactly mirrors the same shot of Joker on his back with his arm up when moment when they're disappearing from the world after Mementos has merged. And it's like both of these people physically reaching up as the reality that they know or that they want is dissolving, right? Is like, that's a very interesting parallel there that I, I hadn't ever noticed or seen before. Um, I, I love it because it does the... Um, again, I think it further solidifies that you and Maruki, like, yes, he's doing something pretty awful and yeah. and on a scale that is, you know, reality-breaking... But you did have this connection to him. It's not as if you were total strangers before this fight. And so yeah. I do think it it's a nice little touch there to have this emotional connection and that parallel there. It's a really great shot back and forth. Um, but yeah, the ground kind of breaks beneath him. And just as he's about to fall, Joker reaches out to grab him. And he's like, no, let me go. I deserve yeah. this. I should go. And Joker's like, nah, man. You're part of the family now. And then it's a Fast and Furious spinoff. Um, Just like Joker does. Yep. Joker's famous line, nah, man. Yeah. We're family. He always says it. He's doing a really great Vin Diesel, I gotta say, throughout the game. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, but so Joker grabs Marky as he falls. Uh, and what also is really interesting about this, too, is we're um, then in this disconnect from the rest of the group as mementos and the palace is falling apart where the rest of the group is separated from Joker and they don't quite know what happens to Joker. Well, that happens after the velvet room. Oh, is that, I thought, sorry. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I thought that happened 
before. You're correct. Timing. No, yeah. Isn't so it So you save, you save Maruki, and it kind of looks like Joker's not going to be able to hold on to him. And yeah. then the helicopter comes and shines the light on you, and the yeah. Joker kind of smiles and looks confident about it. And then everything goes to white, and then you're just in the Velvet Room. Yeah. Um, and the Velvet Room is basically Igor and Lavenza being like, congrats, you did great, we're so proud of you. Now everything will go back to the way it was supposed to be, and we'll just pretend none of this ever happened yeah. so that we don't have to change the end of the game. Yeah, that's what I read it as, absolutely. It was like, <laughs> hey... We're going to do some light touching up of the story because, you know, Sumire obviously exists now. But yeah. we're going to make sure you still see the end of Persona 5 the way we made it three years ago. Um, yeah. And which is, I'm not knocking them. It's just a very. No, I, I don't blame them. It's it, just convenient. It is a very funny, like, now it will happen as it should, a.k.a. budgets are preserved. And it was all a dream. Exactly. <laughs> And so it's the, yeah, it's this really funny moment where they're like, great job, you did it, everything's good. Um, Igor, I think, has like one or two lines in, in his newer voice, a.k.a. the older voice. But Lavenza does most of the talking of like, everything will go on as it was supposed to. And Joker's like, everything? And it's like, yeah, including a catchy dude, I'm sorry. Yeah, um, you get a choice, right? Because it shows, it shows the scene about you going to jail, and then it shows the scene about a catchy dying, I yes, think? Yes, yeah. And... You get to, you get the choice to say either what'll happen to me or what'll happen to a catchy. Yes, and I chose a catchy. A catchy, yeah. What'll happen yeah. to a catchy? Uh, mostly because I also knew what would happen to Joker anyway. But uh, yeah, we we have this moment where it's like, well, it will happen as it's supposed to. Goodbye, and then they disappear and leave you kind of in a void with a blue butterfly flying past as we've no that happens later is that later oh my god why is everything melding in my brain this morning i don't know you're getting real mixed up oh my god i was like there we go that's all together is that not there oh man no then i apologize my brain is just all over the place with this i mean Um, this is a lot of like weird convoluted sort of like story beats all happening at once to be fair and it's also mixing with the base game as it does this all. i think that's where my my brain is breaking but yeah we Um, then get yes then you get the the morning after technically this is now february 4th yes which is the morning after in front of the uh the facility and the gang is all there being like where they can't find morgana joker or akechi and the meta nav is gone and they're like what we do cafe so they, yeah so they go back to the cafe they go back uh and then there's that great moment where as they're all talking morgana in cat form does the i'm right here like moment again and i think it's Futaba yeah. who says like like repeated jokes recycled gags suck yeah is her yeah. exact line which was really funny and i really enjoyed that um yeah because it's funny because technically the first version is the recycled gag because that's the new one versus right. this yeah it's it's really funny on a meta level but anyway uh, so, yes yeah, sojiro explains that they're all they're, that you're in prison right yes yeah and, and have always been in prison what, and I, what do you mean i also loved about sojiro in this moment again just to show his growth and his comfortableness with everyone is like you all can stop like everyone says sorry we kept we top out late and he's like you don't have to apologize like i trust you all it's just, it just would have been nice to know but like i'm not mad at you all i get it sure you're interdimensional crime fighters at this point <laughs> um 
So anyway, he yeah, he fills them in all about the fact that Joker did go to jail after everything happened to to deal with things. Uh, and then as Morgana appears, leads them into learning about Akechi's fate as well. Um, Dude, they this is I, this is one of the most heartbreaking things about this all to me is that Joker and Akechi didn't tell the rest of the group. Yep. That this was gonna happen. That this is what would like that Akechi was actually dead, and so they only find out now that he was fighting that hard. He just whipped out a gun to shoot Maruki on sight, knowing that if he hit, he would die. Yeah. Like that's so hardcore. Oh yeah, it's and and again, I think it makes this impact of like for the group. Obviously, over the last month, understandably, they've been like this Akechi guy. He's he's a bit much now, isn't he? And it's like he was, but also wow, that really kind of changes a lot of perspective on it. Um, and yeah, I th- it's so good. It's ah, it's so good, and it is so sad. Yeah. But the the group kind of learns about you know all of that Joker's current state of being in jail, all of that sort of thing, and they're like, we should uh, help. We should get him out of jail, as yes. the kids do. A normal thing. Oh, I just realized something that I forgot to bring up earlier. What? And you're going to have to forgive me for going back. No, no, go for it. Um, Some of you might be thinking right now, wait, or I guess more accurately thinking 45 minutes ago, wait, Akechi didn't transform for me? This is a thing that is, I forgot to mention, he only gets his third awakening if you, you remember how I said there's some specific dialogue choices you need to make? Oh, yeah. If you didn't make specific dialogue choices with him in his rank seven and rank eight, and then also after you, you have to make four different dialogue choices. Oh man! Specifically at rank seven, when he's like, "Why are you doing this? Like, why are you, like, why are you trying to fight me or whatever?" You have to say, "You're my rival," very specifically, and then at rank eight. When he challenges you to a duel and throws his glove at you, you have to say, I accept. Oh, okay. And then when you're leaving Cheeto's palace, you have to say, like, I want to keep our promise when he's, like, about to die. And then also you have to then finally on on the February 2nd, you have to say, we're still going to stop Maruki. You can't, like, be like, but what about you? Uh, And if you say all four of those things, then he will evolve. Otherwise, he just walks out (sighs) that's so specific i yeah so i genuinely don't remember looking up the dialogue choices but i feel like it is wild that i would have picked all four correctly just on instinct well some of them some of them are pretty obvious like the last one is obvious and usually the one in the in the as you're leaving the palace is like pretty obvious yeah like in that the other one is like kind of lame um (laughs) but yeah the other two is like you gotta like very aggressively like set him up as your rival or else you like won't have the will to like he won't be as close to you which i yeah. think is really interesting yeah anyway i'm sorry no no i, thank I meant you. to bring that up earlier no i'm i am sure there i thought will about be... it i thought about it now because Akechi is gone forever <laughs> god you don't have to be so cruel uh, uh, <laughs> I'm going through it right now, man. Um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, it's, uh, what I love is there will definitely, I really hope there will be a YouTube comment of someone be like, it didn't happen for me. And then 30 minutes later be like, never mind, you did address it. Um, yeah. No, but thank you. No, thank you for bringing that up. Um, but yeah, so the whole group at this point is like, yeah, we're going to help him get out of jail. 
We're going to save the rec center. We're going to bring him back. It's going to be this whole big thing. <laughs> and um, at this point, yes, we have now officially at this point when they start saying we're going to save him. Yeah. Left Royal, essentially. Yes. And we are now into the act, like the, the base game events as they happen. That's not to say nothing new happens from this point. Sumeria is still around. Sumeria is still still around. There's some new scenes here and there. Going forward, we'll see more of that uh, over the next couple weeks. But as of now, the base game, this is where the royal, like, seamlessly with no bumps in the road, merges back into what you would see if you didn't do Maruki's whole third semester stuff. And... As we get back to that, we also get this sort of interesting moment that I, I guess we sh- we should mention it here, right? You're you're cool with mentioning the sort of montage, as yeah, part of yeah, this. yeah. Because as as you've noted uh, before we started recording, we we get a montage of people essentially wanting to help um, and defending us and supporting us, but there's no date on the screen, right? And so in the base game. What happens is this conversation about, wow, he's in jail, we have to save him, actually takes place on Christmas Day, I think it is. Mm -hmm. It might be the day after, but it's like, I think it's the 25th. Um, And everyone's like, we have to get him out. And then what happens is there's a New Year's Eve anime cutscene, like a New Year's Day anime cutscene that you don't get in Royal if you do this third semester, because it's like, you just you're playing the game at that point. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Joker's not in jail, and they're all like, we gotta save him in that scene. Uh, and then this montage happens the same way where your maxed out confidants are all like, we gotta, I wanna help him this way. You have Takemi being like, I wanna name him as the person that was in this, you know, clinical trial that helped me do this to try to help him in his court case. They're all trying to help you. Uh, and what happens here is through January the date keeps changing and it's like every couple days you get another one of these scenes and then every couple days you get another one of these scenes and every couple days you get another one of these scenes but it is still just a montage but since they've shifted everything over in this what this is is essentially it's implied that between february 4th and i think you come back on uh, and we won't talk about this date specifically but then back on february 13th it's like in that sort of nine-day period is when all of these scenes are supposedly happening. Yeah. Um, Or, potentially, maybe some of your confidants had already, you know, been doing that in January, and this is just you seeing it in the past or whatever. Or, it all takes place on the same day. Or, it all takes place on the same day. (laughs) All within 20 minutes. Um, But no, yeah, we get that montage. We could talk about it maybe when we come back, because we're already pretty far into this episode. But yeah, there's the whole montage of these confidants as tom said it's the ones that you've max ranked out uh there are some fun ones in there some uh you know cute ones sojuro kind of in a interrogation room being like i'm not gonna tell you something that didn't happen he was a good kid yeah uh, get off my case mishima out in the street pleading with people for help because joker is his best friend yeah and mishima get some help buddy i say this as joker find someone who treats you better Oh, because Joker throughout the game can tell him he doesn't know what he's talking about. That's not a best friend. Mishima rides that fine line between loyal and naive pretty hard. Oh, yeah. Um, But yeah, you get a whole whole sequence of these. 
and then you also, as you do, I do have it written down, so I had it correct. I was just jumping ahead. You get the Velvet Room disappearance sequence. Um, yeah. They show we, up, they give you the world arcana. arcana yes. Um, so we're never alone. This, this scene also... Um, this is... I'm, I'm going to talk about this next week because we're mm-hmm. going to talk about... One of the things we're going to talk about next week is looking back kind of on this whole chapter of yeah. the game, this third semester, and talking about how we felt about it, the highs and lows, our impressions of it. Uh, and one of the things I will bring up is how I do think it screws with the narrative flow of the game a little bit. Um, and this is a good example of that because they give you the world arcana because you found your place and you have all these people supporting you now. And like thematically that lines up really nicely with when you defeat the God of control and like the world was literally rooting for you to try to do it. And then now a month after that happened, when your friends just helped you out in a boss fight, getting the world card is like, it, it makes sense because your friends are still helping you out and like, that's what the impetus is but it, mm-hmm. it's just like a little bit let like weaker of a moment yeah um and then the velvet room disappears, disappears. And, you get the butterfly. and the butterfly yeah i get what you're saying i can also see like i do think it is a weaker moment for it but i guess you could argue that it's like the fact that you saved the reality of the world that's true just yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. cements that's it fair. but i i agree that like the moment where it originally takes place is i think a more impactful moment for that otherwise it feels just a little kind of whatever here but yeah. But that's 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 fair. That's I, I think that's a really good reading of it too. And again, this is not a situation where I'm gonna like come back next week and be like, here's why I hated everything we exactly. just did, right? Yeah. Like I really enjoy all of this. No, it's totally. just yeah, it's I it's, mean there are there are some kind of bumps in the road in terms of how these two th- moments were meshed. And sure. I think this is just a little bit of an example. Of no, I, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. I was going to say, yeah, in, in terms of anyone worrying that Tom is going to, after nine, ten months of this come <laughs> and be like, here's my list of problems, you are also the person who reviewed Persona 5 Royal for IGN. And... No, I'm not. Yeah, you were. No, I'm not. I was just trying to pretend that you were and that you gave it a 10 so that people wouldn't be mad. I know it wasn't you. No, I'm not. (laughs) But Andrew did review P5 originally, and maybe we can talk about his review when he comes. Um, If I can ever get him here, Andrew, come to us. But anyway, uh, that's where this sort of bit of it ends. Again, we're in those nebulous days where, like, dates didn't really happen for that montage, but the hope is that we can uh, pick up after that, after this bit of a gap. Uh, but yeah, that is, that's the end of the Royal content. That is. That's <sighs> basically the end of the game. Like, we have more to talk about and more to do, and it's, there's, there is still some stuff I am really excited to talk about, especially yes. change, there are a couple changes that I am really interested to talk about going forward that are not, like, earth-shattering, there's another boss sure. sort of changes, but are, like, actually interesting things to discuss later on. Yeah. Um, so there's some of that. And I'm I'm excited to dive into it. I'm excited to dive into the confidants we haven't talked about yet. There's yeah. still like a lot about this game that we haven't had time to hit on previous episodes. Oh, totally. There's so much to still discuss. And, and genuinely, please let us know what you want to hear more about as well over these next few weeks. We do have sort of that wiggle room, I think, on a lot of weeks. So like if there are, I know there have been suggestions in the past, but if there are like major topics you want to hear about, uh, leave a comment on the YouTube version, youtube.com slash Dornology. Go to, uh, or write to Dornology at gmail.com. Let us know some of the things you might want to hear us bring up. Uh, again, we will be going through confidants and things, especially people like uh, Sumire, who we obviously haven't touched on the, the final bits of, as, as well as some other characters. Um, 
But yeah, that is essentially the sort of end of this chapter. It's weird. It's real weird. It doesn't feel yeah. like it. it doesn't feel like it though. It's been what like? Yeah, it's been um seven, eight, nine, nine and a half, nine, ten months. Goodness, it's our podcast baby. It's here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's been a very wild ride, and we do still have a few more weeks of P5R to go through. So please continue to join in and listen with us. Uh, we're going to be chatting a lot of fun stuff throughout these few weeks, especially, of course, the end of the game. We are not going to talk about the events as they happen until those weeks happen. So please stick with us to hear all of our thoughts about all of that. And, of course, just general, I think, look back stuff. And guess what? February 13th is in next week's time. So we still got story stuff to talk about next yeah, week. Yeah, we will have it. it. It won't be immediately a week of quiet. Uh, oh. But after that, maybe it will be. Uh, but we will be jumping into some of that stuff in future weeks. But before we get there, Tom. Let's settle up with a Persona pseudonym and pop quiz. These are going to get harder and harder over the next few weeks because you're going to be pulling from a, like basically the whole game and I'm going to not remember them. Well, I wanted to give you one, I think, to start off on a fun note because we had talked about it a bit in the past on this show as uh, a sole sort of reference point for you. But who is the evil voracious dragon? Is that Fafnir? It is. It's yeah! <laughs> I wanted to use him at some point, and I was going to use him the week you brought him up, and then I was like, okay, he probably definitely remembers him. But I thought I'd, you know, for the this rundown of the show, let me start with one we definitely saw a lot of in this last palace. Yeah. Uh, but what about you? What is your, your pop quiz for this, this last section? Okay. So, are you ready for this? No, probably not. There have been a lot of final bosses in Persona 5 Royal. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what I'm going to do is give you three moves. Ooh. Three names of moves. Okay. Each from a final boss of Persona 5 Royal. Wow. Uh, okay. One is from the Shido fight. Okay. One is from the God of Control fight. And one is from uh, the Maruki fight. I'm only asking for which of these moves is from the Maruki fight. I think bonus points if you can match all. Bonus points if you can name them all. Light Edge, Tyrant Chaos, or Arm of Destruction. Light Edge, Tyrant Chaos, Arm of Destruction. But wait! This is a final boss quiz! Which means oh, no. there's a second phase. Oh my god. That's right. All of those moves were from the first phase of each of those respective bosses. These next three moves are all from the second phase of those respective bosses. <laughs> so, for bonus points, the other three, the phase two moves are Origin Light. Tyrant's Fist, and Rays of Control. Origin Light, Tyrant Fist, Tyrant's Fist, and Rays of Control. So again, all six moves, and I specifically chose moves that would be weird and confusing for each other. Yeah. So phase one is Light Edge, Tyrant Chaos, and Arm of Destruction. Mm -hmm. And then phase two is Origin Light, Tyrant's Fist, and Rays of Control. I'm going to be so upset if the two Tyrant ones are from different bosses. 
And just just for people's uh, memories again, who what were the three? You're obviously looking for the Maruki boss fight ones, but who were the other two Maruki, bosses? the God of Control, and Shido. And cool. the phases I am considering, just so people understand that, of course, uh, is Shido in his armor with the gold stuff is phase one, and then Shido buff muscle Shido is phase two. Right, so there's like those fights are separated by a little cutscene conversation. Cool. Uh, God of Control is the Holy Grail as Phase One, and the God of Control is Phase Two, and then Maruki is Maruki with his persona as Phase One, and Maruki with Adam Kadmon as Phase Two. Okay. So cool. that's the very complex two-phase final pop quiz because you know what? When else are we going to get the opportunity for it? I love it. Uh, well, if you have answers or just strong guesses for those questions, please write in to either Dornology at gmail.com or on the YouTube version at youtube.com slash Dornology, where we have new episodes going up every week. Uh, of course, the show airs Mondays every week. Uh, hope you have been enjoying it. We have, of course, the denouement of the game to get through over the last few weeks, but it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Um, We're only two weeks away from Thanksgiving. From, uh, not from Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. What am I doing? For Valentine's Day. There's still a Valentine's Day scenes to talk about. You know, I mixed up a lot of things on this show this week, but I think Thanksgiving and Valentine's Day might have been the strangest mix-up of them all. I don't know. They're the same. You both eat mashed potatoes. Oh, yeah. That classic Valentine's Day treat. Mashed potatoes. I don't know, man. What if you hit a, a ring in the mashed potatoes and, and your significant other didn't see and they just gobbled it up because mashed potatoes are so good? I mean, how do you think I got engaged? <laughs> And what a day at the hospital it was. Uh, but anyway, thank you all so much for joining us for this week's episode of Take Your Time. Uh, reminders, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, I'm at JM Dornbush. Tom is at Tom R. Marks. Uh, if you've been enjoying the show, please like and subscribe and, and rate and do all those things. Obviously, we're getting toward the end. But as we've said on the show for a long time, like the goal of it is for it to be a thing that a Persona fan, whenever they're jumping into P5, whether they're a new or, or a returning fan, can just listen to the whole thing. So the more fans that can hear our stupid ramblings, hopefully the better. Um, but thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Tom, for joining me as always. Always a pleasure. It is indeed. And, uh, you know, un until next time, nice to steal you.